Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at. Praise God. Uh, again, it's always an honor and a privilege to minister the Word of God to you. We're always grateful when folks uh, connect with us, whether it be uh, Vimeo or our website or Roku or whatever it is, podcasts. Praise God. So anyway, we're just again grateful that you're with us today. Uh, again, this is kind of like a midweek service, so we're going to go with... Uh, with kind of what we've been working with over the, well, basically the whole year here on our midweeks, uh, talking about our patriarchs of faith and just gleaning uh, things from their life. And so today, again, we're going to go to our key verse, and it's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And again, this uh, verse 11 says, Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Uh, praise God. In other words, uh, in context, talking about the children of Israel. And of course, in this text, uh, it wasn't all good things. But still, they become an example for you and me to learn from, to glean from, for our own instruction or admonition or, or teaching, however you want to word that. Uh, and that's exactly what we've been doing um, over the last, uh, whatever it's been, six months now. So uh, today we are going to go to uh, 1 Kings, going to 1 Kings, and we're going to go to chapter 17. And again, uh, we're going to talk again about a, one of our prophets of old, praise God, a man by the name of Elijah, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. Now we, have, of course, like I said, been, uh, you know, diving into different people over the last six months, uh, people like David and Abraham, Daniel, Gideon, you know, Joshua and Caleb, Moses, you know, Joseph, uh, Enoch, Nehemiah. Uh, we even took a couple out of the New Covenant, people like Paul, uh, Cornelius. Uh, we talked about uh, in the last month here, I, probably a month, maybe maybe five weeks or something, we've, we've touched on a few different prophets uh, Talked about Elisha one week. We also talked about Jeremiah, uh, I believe it was last week, talking about uh, him being an obedient mouthpiece and then what we could glean from that. Today, uh, again, talking about Elijah, uh, his life. And so what we're going to do, we're going to um, come into kind of when he comes into the picture here in chapter 17 of 1 Kings. And uh, let's see, verse 1, please. It says this, And Elijah the Tishbite, okay, uh, Tishbite, I think is how it might be pronounced actually in, in the Hebrew, but Tishbite is what it looks like for you and me, uh, of the inhabitants of Gilead, which is basically a region uh, east of Jordan here, and, uh, and said to Ahab, now so we got right off the bat here, we got the prophet uh, going uh, before the king and making a decree here, all right? And as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord, right, uh, came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, okay, which flows into the Jordan, all right? And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, uh, and I have commanded, here we go, the ravens to feed you there, all right? Now, really, if you start looking at this, there's just a lot of things that's just different, okay? 
Uh, it's very unfamiliar. A uh, lot, you know, the leaders don't see this kind of thing. It's unusual. Maybe it's another way of maybe saying it. And here he is going to have, you know, telling them where to go. And they said there's going to be ravens that are going to come. And you kind of think about ravens. Uh, you know, for a raven would be kind of a really you would think kind of an unlikely source, right? But uh, that's just kind of how God laid it out. So uh, first, you know, obviously he gives him a word to go to the king, say what you say. Now I need you to leave here, okay? Basically because your life's going to be in danger here. And the word said, so he went. Why? Because he told him to go there. Amen. Go to that place. Amen. Go to where did he say? Uh, by the brook. Cherith. Okay. And, uh, and you notice it said here, um, let's see here, it would be on the eastward Turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it shall be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded, again, this is verse 4, the ravens to feed you there. Now, a lot of times, you know, I use this text, and we talk about a place called there. You know, God's always wanting to lead you and me, all right? And when God leads, He says, go there, that's where you go. You go there, praise God, amen. So anyway, so he went, verse 5, there we go, and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank by the brook. Come on, and it happened after a while that the brook then dried up. Why? Well, because there had been no rain in the land. So obviously he'd been there a while, all right, been there Long enough that now the brook's starting to, uh, you know, lose a, a flow of water. And the word of the Lord then came to him saying, Now arise and go to Zarephath, uh, the, uh, which belongs to Sidon. In other words, it's a suburb of Sidon. And, and dwell there. Uh, see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. And of course, then it goes on into a story uh, where a widow had provided and a miracle that happened on behalf of that. Um, you know, about the, uh, uh, the, the bin of flour and the, the jar of oil that never was used up. It, it remained, you know, it was there until, until, again, the rain came. So quite a miracle. Uh, several other miracles happened throughout here. And then I want to go to um, um, chapter 19 and read something here. All right. Now, um, uh I guess kind of leading into this reference, uh, uh, Elijah is now uh, has confronted the prophets of Baal, basically with a contest, all right? And basically said, my God's bigger than your God, all right? And then, of course, there's a whole story on that, the miraculous uh, signs and wonders that happen as a result of it. But then, chapter 19, so two chapters later, okay? So a lot happens in chapter uh, 17. A lot happens in chapter 18, but then we get to chapter 19, and it said, And Ahab, which is the king, right? King Ahab told Jezebel, okay, which is, you know, we've all heard of Jezebel. Now that's uh, his wife, okay, all that Elijah had done, uh, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And of course, what happened, right, at the end of that uh, contest, uh, he basically had the people uh, execute the 450. Uh, uh, prophets of Baal, okay? In other words, the uh, prophets of, of Satan, basically, is what they are. And so he had those 450 executed. So now Ahab's telling uh, Jezebel about it. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more so, or more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that 
when we saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to uh, Beersheba, uh, which belongs uh, to Judah, and left his servant there. Okay, so I could probably read a lot more, but I just kind of want to make my point today. If you go back to chapter 17 again, and you notice that um, he went wherever the Lord had instructed. He went to the place God had told him. Now, what it takes, and this is what we're going to talk about today, is complete trust. It takes trust. Okay, what is trust? Let me define trust. Trust is a confident belief and expectation in. A confident belief and expectation in. It means a firm certainty. It means depth of assurance, reliance, and also dependence. So the word trust in in the Hebrew is is real close to the same word we use uh, in the New Covenant, the word faith. So real similar, okay, it's just uh, the, maybe the difference between uh, the Hebrew and, and the uh, uh, Greek that you see in the New Covenant. Now, if you, if you notice that um, this man shows some complete trust when it came time to confronting Ahab, uh, and wherever God told him to go is where he went. Now you think about that in itself, okay, quite a miracle. Uh, he says, okay, uh, go tell, you know, basically, obviously, he went, go tell the king this. He did. Now, I want you to head to this place over here by this brook and stay right here, and I'm going to have the ravens feed you. And obviously, they did. It said, fed him in the morning, fed him in the evening, and kept bringing it. And then it kept happening until basically the, the water table started lowering, and all of a sudden now we don't have water in the brook. So then he says, now nah, I need you to go somewhere else. And, of course, he does that. And we see sign and, and wonders and miracles happen through this man because he followed God. Okay, He had a, a place of complete trust. Now, as we've been talking about in our midweek services, we've been talking not only the good, but also sometimes some of the negatives and bad that may occur, uh, and we can also glean from that. And what you see in Elijah is Elijah walking in a place of complete trust in some things, but all of a sudden you get to chapter 19, two chapters later, and all of a sudden you got Jezebel making a threat on his life, and all of a sudden he, he panics, okay? Uh, he, he lets, uh, you know, uh, this woman, uh, you know, somehow intimidate him, okay? So here he is, you know, we see all kinds of signs and wonders and miracles that happen. You think about even confronting the 450 prophets of Baal, okay, and doing what he did literally, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, in, in a, it, really, if you study that out, he almost gets real sarcastic with him about, you know, he's just so confident and so... Uh, uh, in a place of complete trust that God's going to show himself strong here. And you think about all that and you think, man, what a, what a man of God, you know. And he was a man of God. Don't, I'm not taking away from that, but isn't it amazing how you can have so much trust in God in, over here and then one thing happened, one person makes a comment and somehow you get intimidated by it. And the same person who's walking in complete trust over here is now wavering over here, okay? And so what we're seeing maybe in this, uh, in the thing of talking about complete trust, we're talking about, uh, you know, in a sense, walking in complete trust all the way across the board. Now, we can learn from him about what happens when you don't. And, of course, this guy, basically, if you read through it, um, even God did a couple miracles, uh, try to jerk the slack out of him a little bit, and he still, you know, 
ran off and hid and wanted to die. And well, basically, you know, you, you do that long enough and God, God just says, fine, get somebody. And what he did, just get, get your, uh, the one that you're, you're working with and training, get him ready to, uh, to go, you know, which was Elisha. Okay. But uh, the point being, um, you know, isn't it amazing how you can be in complete trust in one area and not have any in another? And it ain't any different. If you really stop, for most people, you know, you'd look at that and you think this would be an easier contest, you know, to face off with Jezebel. You know, I mean, he didn't have a problem facing off Ahab, didn't have any problem facing off the prophets of Baal, didn't have anything, any problem facing off, you know, even, uh, you know, the, maybe the fear of lack and all the things that he did when God led him to do things or go here, go there. He, he didn't seem to have any problem with that. But for some reason, this woman said something and somehow it struck a nerve and that boy was running. All right. Now, we're going to talk about this thing called complete trust. And so you can't really talk about trust without going to uh, Proverbs 3, a key verse. Of course, everybody knows it. And most people have it, you know, on some poster or some plaque or something on their desk or something hanging on the wall uh, talking about trusting in the Lord with all your heart. And that's what we're talking about today, about complete trust. Amen. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart. So we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3, please. Proverbs 3 and verse uh, 5 and 6 is what we're going to read. And it says this again, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He, talking about the Lord, shall direct your paths, okay? Now, what I like to do when I kind of get on this text, um, you know, most everybody's heard it. I found that most Christians could probably even quote that text, okay? But I'm going to take, go back up into verse 5 and and verse 6 here. We're going to take each line and we're going to just kind of take it and kind of take a fresh look at it, amen, to hopefully glean because the, the key today is, we want to be in a place across the board where we're walking in complete trust, where it ain't just we got trust in God in this area, but, you know, we're, we're, we're tucking tail and running in this area, okay, kind of like Elijah, Elijah did. And we want to be guilty of that, amen? And so the first part here says trust in the Lord, right, with what? All your heart, okay, with all of it, praise God. Now, the word heart here uh, is the word leb, okay, which means the core center, but it means literally the will or the seat of control in a, in a person's life. And really, which is kind of the same definition of, of cardiac, which is the, the word for heart in the new covenant. Okay, it's real, basically the same thing. Okay, so it's talking about the core. And if you really stop and think about it, uh, you know, what he's talking about here is getting, getting the core established because it's the seat of control. So wherever the heart is, okay, is going to determine where your life's going to go. Everything comes out of the heart of man, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Of course, we've spent many a sermon on that. And so uh, your words, your actions, how you live, all of it, the word's real clear, is what it comes out of the heart of man. So that's why you got to guard what you put in it or guard what's, what, what the heart's uh, locked onto, all right? In this case, we need to trust in the Lord with what all your heart, not just part of it, but all of it, complete trust, all right? So again, let's define trust, okay? The word trust, again, means a confident belief or expectation, a confident 
belief or expectation in, okay? So a uh, confident belief in, a confident expectation. It means also a firm certainty, okay? You're not wavering. It's a firm certainty, okay? It means a depth of assurance, reliance, or dependence upon, okay? And that's pretty key with this, okay? If you kind of look at Elijah's life, you know, in the beginning here, the first couple chapters, you see that man, I mean, he's got a, you know, he's obviously, uh, you know, has that what we call a depth of assurance, a depth of reliance and dependence on God. He was confident, amen. He, he had, a, you know, a sense of uh, certainty about him, all right? And, uh, and all, what happened was, just takes one area, next thing you know, he's slipping. So, uh, anyways, let's get back to this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, Psalms 118 and verse 9. In fact, maybe what I'll do is turn to that. Psalms 118. We'll come back to here to this. But Psalms 118. And I uh, probably have a lot of references out of Psalms today, so maybe be ready for that. Uh, verse 8 and 9 of Psalms 118. And actually, I like Psalms 118. It's got a lot of great verses in it. But here's verse 8 and 9. It says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. Uh, you know, you say, yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay, that's, that's the way it should be, right? And, then, and most uh, people, they ain't going to argue with that. Now, that don't mean they're going to walk that, but, but they're not going to really argue that, you know. And we see that where Elijah uh, wasn't putting any confidence in man until Jezebel opened her mouth, and somehow, I don't know what, but he ends up, you know, backing up. Uh, but then it goes on, it is better to trust, verse 9, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in what it says here is princes, which means uh, nobility, okay, but it also uses the, the words defined as generosity or speaks of kind of like a handout, okay? So it's talking about kind of a, it's a wider definition there. So it's not just talking about, uh, you know, government as a whole, but maybe uh, a handout from government, okay? Uh, or uh, hand out from anybody for that matter. So he's showing you here, again, saying the same thing, that we're, when we're talking about not putting confidence in man, we're also talking about not putting confidence in resources from, from man, okay, or anybody else. So all I'm saying is I'm bringing this out because it could be, you, could, you may say, yeah, I'm not going to put my confidence in man, but somehow or another when it comes time to lack or not having your bills paid, not having enough or needing a raise or needing uh, you know, a, you know, something uh, to be taken care of, all of a sudden it's amazing how you can shift and all of a sudden where maybe you weren't putting confidence in man, but up to that moment it, made a, it was a different story. Okay, so you know, it's, just, it's just all I'm trying to do is show you that you can, you can have a confidence uh, you know, in God in, in some areas and then be totally whipped in another area, okay? And it's just, it's just something you got to be aware of, okay? Now, Psalms uh, 62 in verse 8, maybe I'll, since I'm real close there, I'll just turn to it too. Psalm 62 in verse 8, I like this. Uh, it says, trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. Uh, God is a refuge for us. Selah, which means stop and think about it. In other words, uh, he's your confidence. He's your security. All right. Uh, so uh, put, pour out your heart, which just literally uh, that really is talking about uh, making yourself vulnerable to him. OK, which is real key. So here it says, trust in the Lord. What with with 
or pardon me, uh, at all times. There we go. Trust in the Lord at all times, uh, you people. Pour out your heart. In other words, expose your heart, uncovers what it means. Uh, put out your heart before Him, for He's your security. He's your refuge, right? Come on now. Now, the point being here is this, is we trust in Him at all times. And that's my point, okay? Not just at certain things, okay? Now, granted, um, you know, I'd rather I'd rather have somebody have trust in God in some areas, okay, than no areas, right? But uh, the, the the message today is talking about a complete trust, okay? The same kind of God, the same thing that you're putting trust in God in this area, we need to put that same trust in this area, okay? And all I'm trying to do is just show you that there's certain things. Now, the key in this verse is talking about vulnerability, okay? About literally, it says here, pour out your heart before Him, and all that means is just make yourself vulnerable. Okay, now you think about total trust or complete trust, you're going to have to come to that place of vulnerability. And really, that's what you saw in Elijah in them first couple chapters. He, he, he just seemed like he was just vulnerable to God. Just, he was so, uh, so yielded to God that God said, go here, stay here, wait for ravens to come. And he did it. Okay, stay there till, you know, I tell you sends you on the next thing. And he did. And now go here and I'm going to have a widow uh, take care of you. Even that in itself is such an unusual source of, you know, of, of getting taken care of or uh, cared for. I mean, the whole thing. And then the miracle after miracle and all of it came because this man was vulnerable in a sense, was yielded, so yielded to God. But somewhere along the line then, right, he, uh, you know, it just takes that Jezebel gal. She just runs her mouth and, and intimidates him, and he's he's backing up. Well, anyway, uh, let's go back over here now, back to uh, Proverbs three again. Praise the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Praise God. Amen. But then it says this. Okay, of that same verse, verse five there, of Proverbs three. And this is, and lean not on your own understanding. Hmm. Now we're starting to find something out here. Lean not on your own understanding. Okay, because that, you know as well as I do, that can get you in trouble, right? Come on now. Now this word to lean on, okay, it means to rest on or rely on, to put, or literally means to support oneself on. They okay? like to settle back into something, okay, uh, a, a committed reliance, like you're uh, almost like you would sink back into a chair, okay, because you trust that that chair is going to support your weight. You know, you might lean back into this, and this is saying here, you're leaning back in, in your own understanding, okay? Now, according to Colossians 1, where, you know, uh, I ask, pray that you fill with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom, and here we go, spiritual understanding, so, you know, we're, what we're talking about, we want to we have spiritual understanding, but here it's talking about leaning back in your own understanding, okay, which is where it kind of gets you in trouble sometimes. And this word understanding is defined as insight, uh, perception, or comprehension, okay? So in other words, we're talking about uh, when it says here, your own understanding, your own, your own, your own insight, your own perception, okay, your own comprehension, okay, and if you really stop and think about it, this is where the limits are, okay, this is where it hangs us up, and this is what hung up Elijah, okay, 
This is what hung up Elijah. In fact, if you go back into 1 Kings and you look at chapter 19 again with the text that we read uh, where uh, Jezebel ran her mouth, right? Okay, it says this in that text. And, and when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, it says in verse 3 there of uh, 1 Kings 19. Okay, so, and when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And when he saw that, saw what? Because what it was, he heard something. Okay, because Jezebel, he hadn't even seen Jezebel. Jezebel, remember, sent a messenger threatening his life. Okay, this is the word from Jezebel that your life's done. Okay, well, you know, it says here, and when he saw that, What's that mean then? Because it doesn't sound right. Well, the word, uh, that's actually one Hebrew word, and when he saw that, okay, it means this, to advise oneself based on one's view. Okay, one's view, one's own view, perception, literally means appearance of something. So that goes back to kind of what we're talking about here in, uh, in Proverbs, okay, that Lean not on your own understanding. What happened was he had his own perception. So what happened was somehow she said it in a way where the picture came up before his thoughts. Okay, seeing himself, all right, somehow not making it, seeing himself dead, seeing himself uh, somehow falling dead, uh, you know, uh, due to, uh, uh, you know, what she commissioned, okay? And, uh, you know, and, and why that why that made it? I mean, we I mean, when you look at it, OK, I don't mean to keep going back over that. But when you go back and look at that, I mean, the boy runs, goes, hides himself somewhere and is calling on God to take him. Just take me out of here. God does a miracle trying to you know, get this boy, uh, you know, back on his feet. And he's still, you know, 40 days later, and even though he just got done walking through a, a you know, a great miracle of, of uh, eating a cake and some and a drink, and it was enough to last, enough to sustain him for 40 days. He gets to the end of that, and you think, you know, he, you know, recognized. Wait a minute, what am I doubting God for, right? Uh, why, you know, my God provides, my God takes care of me. And, and, and this phenomenal miracle even here, but he turns around still. He wants to, you know, I'm, I'm all by myself. He gets this pity party, and it's like, dude, this, this cannot be the same guy that was in chapter 17. This can't be the same guy as in chapter 18. I mean, how does this guy in two chapters, uh, okay, you know, get from, that, from this guy in a place of complete trust to a place of, you know, he, you know, is cowering, wanting to die, wanting to just, just take me home, man. I mean, how did that happen? Well, it's the same thing that happens to you and me at times. You say, oh, I would never do that. Now, wait a minute. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, your own insight, your own perception, your own comprehension. All that's talking about is how you're seeing things, okay? How things are viewing, and, and nothing maybe has even changed in the natural. But something is said, something is, is done, you hear about something, whatever, or somebody makes a threat, or the enemy says something that somehow intimidates you, and your perception now changes, and instead of seeing God as one that's got your back all the time, all of a sudden you forgot about that, Okay, and next thing you know, you're out here making a silly decision. 
Now, that's what happened to Elijah. And that's exactly what happens to you and me. We get to this place where literally our perception changes and our own, that's why he says, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Now, he says that because the, the, or the, the potential for you to do that is there. Okay, and that, you know, here's another thing. Let me just throw this out. You know, uh, there's times, and it could even be on a day, daily basis, where our own understanding is trying to, you know, get, you know, feed us fits. Okay, but you have to walk in a place of trust, a t- place of, of complete trust. Okay, you just can't be moved by what the media says or what, uh, you know, what uh, that, that, that neighbor said or what, uh, how it looks or, uh, you know, this thing uh, isn't happening like you thought it should. So now all of a sudden, for some reason, you were trusting God yesterday about it. Now all of a sudden you're not because maybe the time element, maybe there's time restraints or all kinds of things, okay, that happen. And now all of a sudden we're thinking that, you know, for some reason, we just lose sight of the fact that God's got your back, okay? Now, I'm kind of repeating this a lot, but I want to define that again where it says, and, and when he saw that, right, then he arose and ran for his life. In other words, his action was based then on his perception, okay? Now, again, it was defined as, and I thought this was interesting, it says, to advise oneself based on one's view, perception, or the appearance of something, okay, to advise oneself. So that's exactly what it's talking about here in Proverbs again, about leaning on your own understanding. So now all of a sudden, your understanding, there's a, a view, a perception, an appearance, a picture of something, and so then you take it upon yourself to begin to advise yourself on what you should do. Okay, just another way to look at this, okay, all along, God is leading, and that's exactly what was happening with Elijah. Go there, so he goes there. Now go here, so he goes here. And go over to there and do this, so he goes over there and does that. And all of a sudden, this woman runs her mouth, and somehow it clicks, and he gets a different perception, different picture, and now instead of taking his orders from God, he's giving advice to himself. Well, I don't know about you, but I know me, you know, if it's, if it's just my advice, you know, going off my own head, uh, I've got myself in trouble a few times. And I don't know about you, but I bet you, I bet you you've been there too, right? Uh-huh. Well, anyway, okay, here's some verses for you. A verse we used, I think, might have been even just last week in another uh, service. Uh, but Proverbs 14 and 12, it says this, that there is a way that seems right, come on, to a man but its end is the way of death or ruin or destruction. Okay, there's a way that seems right. And as I brought out, I think it was last week, Hosea uh, chapter 14 also brings out the fact that the ways of the Lord are right. See, there's a difference between things that are right and things that seem right. But see, if you stop and you think about what seems right is based on your own perception or insight. Okay, so then what happens is it seems this way, so then you give yourself advice on what you should do. And you follow what, what you think you should do instead of waiting uh, for the word of the Lord to come. All right, so what happens is now you're taking counsel uh, from your own thinking because of how you view it or how you perceive it. That's what it means to lean, uh, as it says, to lean 
uh, you know, on your own understanding. And that's why it says lean not on your own understanding, all right? So what happens then? Well, a lot happens out there. Uh, let me give you some, some references here. I don't know if it, if, you know, I just think it's worthy of looking at this. Um, Colossians uh, 2 and 8, and you could just write these down if you want, but it just says this, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Now, all it's saying is there's a lot of, lot of things out there talking, a lot of things out there that's trying to change your insight, perception, or comprehension about something, okay? So that's what's going on, okay? It, it just happens all the time, all right? Uh, when, uh, if you kind of look at, uh, um, probably won't go there, but 2 Corinthians and, and chapter 10, talking about taking every thought captive. But prior to that, it says uh, that there are things that try to elevate itself okay, above the knowledge of God or what God thinks or how God views something. See, there's always something trying to elevate itself. That's why it's dangerous to lean on your own understanding. Because as chances are, it's, it, the information that's feeding it, it may not be God information. It just might be, you know, something else that's going on. And then what happens is you lean now on that insight and perception, give yourself advice to go do this or that. And what you're doing, you're doing what seems right instead of what is right. Now, every now and then, you know, doing what seems right, you may hit the mark once in a while. It's just like rolling dice or something. I mean, once in a while, you might hit the mark. But that's a big old chance to take, um, you know. So to me, it doesn't pay to lean on your own understanding. It's much better, much safer, okay. Uh, you'll get more done. You'll see more victories if you lean on, on what He uh, has to say to you and Him leading you. Praise God. Amen. That's why we put complete trust in Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of it, but all of it. And lean not on your own understanding. Now, I was kind of, oh, I don't know, just took a little few minutes and I'm looking at different things. You know, if you got, if the world's feeding your, uh, you know, giving you, you know, the insight, the understanding, and, and, and it's feeding and pumping into that, and all of a sudden you're basing deci deci decisions based on that, here's what happens, okay? You're inevitably going to end up getting yourself in trouble because you're, you're leaning on your own strength. So it's obvious, Okay. Uh, you're going you're gonna, to, at times in certain things, be convinced to quit. Okay, it could be, you know, you made a mistake or you've done this or this thing happened again. And, and pretty soon you're not, you're not letting God lead. You're, you're, you're leaning on your own understanding about something. And sometimes you're going to get just like what, what happened to Elijah, right? I, I just, I just want to go home. I just take me home, you know. Uh, you know, I, I'm all by myself. You know, that's kind of silly. But he, he's in this give up, uh, quit mode, Okay. That happens to you and me if, if you give in to this, all right? Uh, it'll cause you to end up in the wrong place at the wrong time, okay? And I, I always use that as an illustration. I like being at the right place at the right time all the time, amen? And the only way that's ever going to happen is you're going to have to lean on God and not your own head, okay? And you have to let God lead you, amen? All right? Uh, anytime you lean on your own understanding, you're going to be automatically limited, okay? It's going to limit you, okay? Uh, you're, you're open up for deception. That's what happens now. Okay, you open yourself up for deception. That's another thing. All right. Um, when you when you lean um, on your own understanding, then what you're doing is you're leaning toward self. Okay. In other words, self justification. That's where all the stuff like 
the excuses and the blaming and all that kind of stuff. It kind of fits into all this stuff. There's just all kinds of things. Anytime you lean on your own understanding, you're leaning on your own self, okay, which is dangerous. Okay, it's dangerous. That's why you know, that, that word is defined as then to, it means to give the advice based on in, uh, your own insight or perception or comprehension. Okay, so that's what happens. Okay, you're leaning on self. Now, that's enough said about that. Let's go back into, into uh, Proverbs 3 and verse 6 now. Okay, well, let's read verse 5 and then 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And let's go to verse 6. And then it says this, okay, it says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Okay, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall, amen, direct your paths. Now to me, I don't know, years ago this kind of came to me, and I don't know if it, do, it does anything for you or not, but to me it's like, it's like the checks and balance system that God set up. Okay, you're going along with life, you're bumping along, doing things. You got some good things, maybe some pressures here or there. You got some ups and downs, some ins, some outs. And what God has set up is, is this checks and balance system. And what it is, and this is where this total, complete trust comes in, okay? Because it says this uh, in this verse 6 here, okay? It says uh, that in all your ways, you're acknowledging Him. Okay, that's how we keep ourselves in check. Okay, instead of quickly just running across, you know, running and doing and being and, and just doing what we normally do, we, we learn how to stop and acknowledge Him. Now it says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. So let's define that so we get kind of a, a clearer understanding of what He's talking about. Now the word way just means, you know, the course of life, road or journey. Okay, a course of life, a mode of action, a manner of living. Okay, okay a way of conducting self even feeds in there a little bit of a, a way of, of speaking, how to communicate, what conversation, that kind of thing also uh, fits in there. Okay, so in all your ways. So basically when you read that, it, it just literally means just what it says, in all your ways. And every, every day, throughout the day, you know, you're making a, a decision to do this, you're going here, you're going there, you're going off to lunch, you're going to do break, you're going to uh, go buy this, you're going to go heading home. All, you, every day you got this routine that you have uh, from, you know, getting up in the morning to the, you, till you lay your head down on your pillow at night, you might have this routine, okay? Work, family, uh, you know, hobbies, you know, whatever. And, and so he's saying that in, in every arena of, of your day or every arena of life or the course of life or the mode of action or manner of living. So every, and basically just means throughout your day, okay, stop and acknowledge him. Okay, now this word acknowledge means recognition, okay, it uses even words like to make a confession of or declaration of consent or authorization. So what you're doing is you're stopping just long enough and making recognition. And you're giving him authorization. Okay? So you're about ready to go do this, but you just stop and say, Lord, I just, I just want to give you honor, give you thanks. And what you're doing is you're stopping long enough with, with just the course of life Okay, and, and, and I, when we're talking about acknowledging him, you could do this in a, with, within, you know, 60 seconds. 
Okay, a minute. Just stopping in the course of a day for a minute and just pausing long enough to make recognition, I mean, acknowledgement, and give him authorization. Because it could be, he, he's, he, you could be, you're already doing what you should be doing. Okay? But wouldn't it be a better thing to know that you stopped and you don't get any witness about doing something different? Or, you know, you know when you stop and you look at Elijah's life, think about the unusual things that happen. Okay? Um, you know, nobody gets up and, 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 you know, that especially, you know, go to the king, say this. And then he says, now go to this brook and you wait there till ravens come. And yeah, right. I mean, there, what, what about that's usual? You know what I mean? OK, now go to this place and tell this widow woman to make you a cake. And basically, forget about making one for you and your son. You make me one. And, and I mean, you think about all of this just even seems like this is so off the wall. But yet he did what the Lord had instructed, because obviously along the line, he acknowledged God, gave uh, authorization to God to lead him and direct him and guide him. OK, or at least up until uh, this thing with Jezebel. Now. You think about the, you know, everything there. Now, now the reason I'm saying it this way, because <clears throat> I've had people say, well, I don't understand why there's not signs and wonders and miracles like there, uh, you know, like there was, you know, uh, in the old covenant or whatever, or when Jesus was on the earth or something. Well, maybe we're just not stopping long enough to be led to do something. Now, the reason I said this whole thing about this, you know, usual, unusual thing, because... To me, it's like that's that's why we miss so many things, because you you you're just going along with your normal mode of operation. OK, that's your your normal uh, M.O. That's what you do all day long. And so you don't you don't if you don't stop and acknowledge, how can God lead you and do something unique? Something miraculous, something unusual. Come on now. I mean. I can go all day on this one. Okay, just think about all the uniqueness of things that, that God has led His people to do at times. Things that we look at and we go, "Woo, man, that was amazing, right? And, uh, you know, we just we, we get all pumped up because of, of those signs and wonders, those miracles, those, those uh, things that happened and how God used uh, uh, the man of God or the woman of God to do this or do that. We think, wow, well, it takes complete trust to do that. Well... You trust in the Lord with all your heart. You lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways. See, that's what, that's what they had to get to. In all your ways, you're acknowledging him. And then what happens? It says then he'll direct your, your path. He'll direct your steps. All right? Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. Uh, but let's look at a few verses here, okay? All right? Uh, Psalms 91 just says this. In fact, maybe I'll go there and we'll turn to him real quick. Hope you're doing all right. But let's look at this, Psalms 91. Just I'm going to read a verse. I think I even used this a, a week or so back here. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress in, or pardon me, my God in Him I will trust. Okay, he, I'm going to trust Him. He's making that acknowledgement. I'm going to trust Him. He's my fortress. So in other words, uh, you remember this is a psalm of protection. So obviously there are things going on. 
He's going to deliver me from this. He's going to deliver me from that. He's going to deliver me from this. He's going to deliver, uh, deliver me from that. The reason it's all that's being said is because all this stuff's going on. So he's saying, he's my, I'm going to trust in him. He's my refuge. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm not going to go thinking I'm going to go find a place of refuge. No, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. I'm not going to go out there and try to find my own shelter somewhere. Uh, no, I'm going to let him lead me. I will trust in him. He's my God, and in him I'm going to trust. So he's acknowledging it. What he's doing, see, is he's given God place, given him authorization. He's the one that's going to lead me and guide me, and obviously he did, okay? Uh, Psalms uh, 46, another common text here. Uh, but, man, when you, when you hear it in the light of these things, be still, 46 and 10 of Psalms, be still and know that I am God. Amen. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. That word be still, okay, you need to kind of see this here, but it means to stop, pause, and literally mean to acknowledge, okay? So when you're talking about stopping, being still here, and know then, which means come into a place of intimacy and recognize, you know, He's your source, right? I'm, I'm, I'm your source. I'm your God. I'm your protection. All right. I'm your, I'm your wisdom. I'm your understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. Stop and pause. That's, that's a lot of times I use that too with the area of prayer. Uh, to me, it's such a key verse for that for the same reasons. And when you're in the middle of prayer, you learn to let, you know, we talked about that, what, about two weeks back here. But um, let uh, you know, when you're stopping and pausing, see, remember, prayer is like a two-way street. So you can do all the talking and then you miss out on things. If you don't stop and pause, right, get still a little bit and acknowledge him, give him authorization. Amen. Acknowledgement and authorization. Amen. To interrupt whatever's going on so he can lead your steps. Right. So this is what we're talking about when we're dealing with complete trust. All right. Amen. Uh, Psalm 62. I think we were there earlier, but let's go to another verse there. Amen. Psalm 62. And this time, verse uh, verse 5. Okay, we read, I think, verse, I don't know which verse it was we read earlier. But uh, Psalm 62 and verse 5 here, it says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation and my defense. Praise God, I shall not be moved. And that's verse 6. But verse 5, my soul waits silently for God alone for my expectation. Amen. My expectation, my anticipation is from him. And again, it's talking about stopping and acknowledging. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, James 4, another verse, maybe just a common verse, right? Draw near to him. And what happens? The word says he draws near to you. Now, you got to remember that's what that whole thing's talking about. When you're drawn near to him, that's really in the same sense talking about acknowledgement. Okay. In all your ways. So you're acknowledging him. So you're, you're stopping. You're looking his way. You're making movement toward him. You're drawn toward him. What happens? The promise is that he draws near to you. All right. Again, it's just another way to say, uh, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. All right? Draw near to Him. Okay? Now, you know, you got your normal day going on. You, you know, you get up, you, you know, you eat your breakfast, you, you know, take your shower, however you do all that. And you probably got a certain, I mean, we're all creatures of habit, so we got kind of a certain way we do things. Maybe you 
got a, you know, an exercise routine you do or something, and then you, you head out, you get in your rig, and you, you head, you know, drive a certain way to work every time, and you, you, you know, you get punched in or whatever if you're, uh, you know, an employee or employer or whatever. But the point is, is you got a certain routine you do. You do your job, you get on the phone, you make, you do take care of business, you go out and do your job, you turn the wrench, you do whatever, okay? I mean, it's just, you know, we get this routine. And so if you don't watch it, that's just what you do. And then what happens is there's all these biddings and promptings and leadings of God that we miss, all because we never stopped for a minute. And again, I mean, we're talking maybe 60 seconds, maybe even 30 seconds, and you could at least get enough of a witness you know, that you're at least giving him authorization. I think about how many pitfalls the enemy has laid for the people of God that could have been avoided. That's what Psalms 91 is talking about. You could have avoided the pitfall. You could have been steered clear of the, the snare of the fowler, okay, the trap that's been laid for you. Okay, but we never stop. We don't pause long enough to just give him authorization to interrupt your moment, interrupt your manner of living or your, uh, your mode of operation, okay? Your everyday living, okay? It just takes a minute here, a minute there, a minute here. Just give him place. You might be amazed what God will show you or God will lead you to do, all right? That might just, maybe that thing that's been bugging you, been a pressure uh, for months, and one leading from God, it just changes, changes everything. And all of a sudden, you got your answer. All of a sudden, you got your provision. All of a sudden, you're in the right place at the right time. All that come because you stopped long enough and, and you acknowledged Him. All right, I hope I'm not boring you here. Okay, now go back to Proverbs. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And then verse, uh, that verse 6 again. And it says, in all your ways you acknowledge him. And then it says, and he shall, what? Direct your paths. Direct your paths, praise God. Hallelujah. The word direct means to make smooth, straight, uh, pleasant, or prosperous. Okay? That means uh, the word paths here talks about our travels, our steps. Okay? Our race to run even. Okay? Another thing we touched on here, a uh, message or two back here. And um, now again... As I said earlier, I'm going to toss this out here again. Okay, to me, this is like checks and balances. Because um, to me, there's always plan A. Well, I messed up yesterday. Well, it doesn't matter. You still got plan A today. Well, no, I messed up plan A yesterday. Yeah, you might have messed up plan A yesterday, but you got plan A today. Or you might have messed up plan A this morning, but you got plan A this afternoon. See, the checks and balance system set up so you can redeem you, too. See, there are times where maybe you made a little bit of a wrong move this morning, but if you stop long enough, God can steer you around this thing, get you back on track again. That's the cool thing about all this. Okay? But that's what we're talking about, total or complete. There we go. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, because that's what happens. You know, you, you know it's like um, one bad decision always will, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't keep it in check, It'll lead to another bad decision. It always does. Okay, unless you stop long enough, stop that process right there, stop that thing in its tracks, acknowledge God, give Him authorization, and let Him lead you around this thing, get you back on track again. 
Because otherwise what happens is you make a bad choice, decision, say, oh, man, I made a bad choice. I made a bad decision. Uh, well, you know, I guess I'm going to have to go do this now. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're leaning on your own understanding, and now you're giving yourself advice, and that ain't good. And, you know, how, how well did that go the last time? Not so good, right? You ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time or the right place at the wrong time, regardless, it's wrong, okay? And what happened was you were leaning on your own, your own advice there, your own insight there, your own perception and understanding there. What makes you think doing it again, okay, is going to make that any better? So this is where you have to learn to stop, pause, right? Get still and know he's God, right? Let him lead you, right? All right, let me give you some verses on this. All right, Psalms 37. Uh, let's look at. I know we went to Psalms a lot today, didn't we? Psalms 37, a common text, but let's read it. Psalms 37 and 23 says this: that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, right? And he delights in his way, right? The steps of a good man, right? A righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Now that word "ordered." Okay, it means literally like a military command's been given. Okay, go here, do this. Okay, and that's when you go, yes, sir, and you go there and you do that. Okay, so uh, a lot of people will read this and they, they take it and they say, well, you know, my steps are ordered of God. And so everywhere I go, God's obviously ordering it. No, you got a wrong, wrong understanding there. Okay, it didn't say that every step you take has been ordered by God. That's not what it says there. It says, amen, the, righteous, your, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. In other words, if you want that step to be right, and you're claiming that you're a man of God or a woman of God, a righteous individual, come on, somebody, then you're going to trust in the Lord with all your heart, and you're going to lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways you're going to acknowledge Him, and He's going to direct your paths, and you let Him direct your steps. And if He directs your steps, you, ended up being, you end up in the right place at the right time. Oh, hallelujah. That's the way it's supposed to work. Psalms 32, if you back up here just a little bit. And uh, let's go to verse uh, 8, and it says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I mean, you can get so good, God could just kind of look over there, and you just, okay, there I go, amen. I just like that verse. I always think about that. You know, you think about... Uh, uh, somebody said, well, I, that's kind of far-fetched. Is it really? I mean, you know, I've been, I've been married to my wife 35 years. In fact, just, uh, just you know, another week, a week or so back here, we were 35 years. Now, that girl, I've known her a lot of years. I've actually known her for over 40 years now. Now, I'll tell you what, you just don't hang out with somebody for 40-plus years and not get to know them. Now, my wife can just look at me with, just kind of give me that little, little thing with the eye, and I know exactly what she's thinking. She can direct, she could say, nah, I watch it, you know, or something. She can, you know, you need to go check on that, or you need to go deal with that. She can literally just take one look and just kind of move that eye just right, and I, I'm on it because I, 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 I can read it. I know what she's saying. And you know what I'm talking about. There are people you get so close with, amen, you know you can just look across the room and they just kind of give that certain look, and you go, okay, I know, I know what they're thinking, right? So I, what, what I'm talking to you about, this verse is saying that you get that way even with your God. God can lead you. You'd say, don't take long. When I'm talking about acknowledging God, we're talking about, you know, a minute of your time. Stop, pause, acknowledge Him, and give Him authorization. He might just give you that little nudge that everything's good, keep moving. Or He might give you that little, that little nudge that, praise God, that just pause for just a few minutes, just wait here for a minute. 
I've had so many miracles that happen of connecting with people because God led me to do something. Okay, go to the store. Literally have told me to go stand in a certain aisle in a store, okay, and wait. And about within a few seconds, all of a sudden, I look up and I know exactly why he sent me there, okay, because there's somebody that's there that I haven't seen in a while and need to communicate with them or something, okay. I'm telling you, I, could, I can go miracle after miracle, uh, time after time, where God has led me to do things with just a simple little nudge, a little simple, uh, you know, d- you know, give me a little bit of an understanding, and I just move forward, do this, go here, go there, and it's amazing how you position yourself for a breakthrough, or you position yourself for a miracle, or you position yourself for a sign, a wonder, a miracle. Praise God, you know, and you when you're in the right place, at the right time. See, it's you're in now. You've created a, in a sense, you you put yourself in a place where it's conducive for God to do something supernatural. That's the way it was designed to work. All right, we're kind of saying a lot again, but uh, verse uh, out of Micah 4 and verse 2, it says, He will teach us His ways, and, and we shall walk in His paths, right? How? Well, He leads, right? Isaiah 48 and 17 says, I am the Lord thy God who will teach you to profit and lead you in the way that you should go. See, he wants to do that, right? Psalms 25. We'll, we'll look at that one since we're in Psalms. We'll just kind of turn real quick to that one. Psalms 25, verse 4 and 5 says this, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Talk about complete trust, right? God's going to show you. God's going to lead you. God's going to direct you. This is how it was designed to work, praise God. And when you put total trust in God, again, our key verse, praise God, trust. Uh, If you're putting complete trust, it means you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart and you're leaning not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, you're acknowledging Him and He is directing your paths, praise God. And there's nothing better than being in the right place at the right time all the time. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory once again. We're thankful for your word, for these principles today. Thankful for, Lord, a people of God that put complete trust in you, praise God. And Lord, I'm thankful, praise God, that you are directing and guiding each step. Forgive us for the times that we yielded to our own understanding. We yielded to our own advice, so to speak, instead of yielding to yours. And we know that you're faithful and just to forgive us. So, Father, right now we choose, amen, to hear from heaven, to let you lead and guide our steps. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.